Grab a seat unless you are a uh, kid heading downstairs, that would be good. Or actually they're heading outside today, I think. So uh, very cool. All right, well apparently I'm a little rough on equipment around here. So uh, my, uh, they said I have to use a handheld today because my uh, regular mic, evidently I, I, I did something to injure the cord in the back of me. But uh, so I don't know, but that's what I did. And then I was like, JJ, where's my remote? Where's my remote? He's like, oh, you broke that too. And I'm like, okay. So JJ, I'm gonna pretend like I have a remote and I'm just gonna, and, and if you're not looking, I'm gonna go beep. <laughs> so if y'all hear me go beep, that means he's gonna change slides. So I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of looking for a slide, beep. <laughs> looking for an opening slide, beep. <laughs> All right, there it is. All right, cool. So uh, we, are, we're, we, we started a while ago, Romans, the book of Romans. And man, so many great women, men and women of God have had revival through things they have learned in Romans. And again, the whole idea of Romans, Paul wanted to go to Rome. Paul was up in Corinth and he was uh, <coughs> uh, ministering to people. <coughs> he was ministering to people up there and he was writing stuff, doing stuff. And his plan was that uh, he was collecting money that he was going to bring down to the poor uh, persecuted believers down in Jerusalem who were in the church. And then after Jerusalem, he was going to go to Rome and hang out with them and tell them everything that he knew about Christianity. And then after that, he wanted to go to Spain. So how many of y'all like that little itinerary? Corinth, you know, Jerusalem, Rome, and Spain. How many of y'all like to go do that, right? All right. Well, so did Apostle Paul. That's what he wanted. Little did he know that when he actually did get to go to Rome, finally, that he was going to go as a prisoner. <laughs> and he was going to get to actually be able to preach to the emperor at the time in all of that. So be careful of what you pray for. You might get to go to Rome, but it may not be under the conditions that you're looking for. But it's the conditions that God wants. And if God ordains it, if God wants it, there is nothing better for you to experience than what God has you experience. Amen. So that's where we're at in the book of Romans. And so uh, Paul kind of said, man, I'm trying to get here. I'm trying to get here. I'm still in Corinth. I haven't collected the money yet. I haven't even been to Jerusalem yet. I want to get to Rome. I want to. And at the end of actually the book of Romans, he says, y'all pray that I get to Rome. <laughs> and it was a good thing they did pray because it was a rough trip. And uh, but anyway, so he's like, I want to get there. But in the meantime, he's writing all of this, telling him he wants to get there. But he's telling them everything they need to know about the Christian faith. It's a deep book, man. It's solid. So many verses that you hear people quote. So many monumental, everything in the Bible is solid. There's no bad verses, no bad chapters. In fact, sometimes in Bible study, uh, I've had people, we hit, a, we hit a chapter, and everybody knows we study the Word of God in our Bible studies, and they're like, man, what are we going to do with this chapter? As if there's good ones and bad ones, and I used to think that. And, and all of a sudden, man, realized that, man, God put everyone in there for, uh, for a purpose. But the book of Romans, dude, there's some solid stuff in there that will change your life. And so many people, great men and women of God, we've already talked about them in previous uh, sessions here, man, have taken and, and, and a, a verse got a hold of them and they realized the reality of it and they had revival and God used them to change the world uh, in all of that. So it's a, that's why we talk about revival through Romans. And so we're, we're now moving down through chapter one. And today, what we're going to be looking at is God doesn't believe in atheists. How many of y'all know that? God doesn't believe in atheists. All right. 
and, and what we're going to learn also is that atheists do believe in God. <laughs> and so we're going to learn this. So there's a few things that kind of come out of all of this. How do we end up with that? God, he, he created this world back in the day. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were in perfect unity. No problems. Perfect unity. Everything was great. And then they had the bright idea of creating people. And it was a bright idea. How many of you are glad they had that idea? Yeah, they had that idea, but knowing that now there was going to be some issues, not with them at all, but they said, you know what, here it is, and we're going to give people, we're going to make man in our own image. They're the only critter that's going to have the ability to have a relationship with us. All the other critters are going to live off instinct. They're going to follow us perfectly. They're going to do everything we want them to do based off of instinct. But man has a choice. And man, we're going to give him a choice. And, and man can make the choice to follow us and show us that he loves us. Or man can make the choice and, and follow himself or someone else and show who they really do love. They knew that was all going to happen. They knew God in his righteousness said, but dude, when we make this, we're making rules. There's only one way for this planet to really exist successfully. How many of y'all got that in your own home? You got your own home, you know there's one way where you know that there, how many of y'all got some rules in your home? Anybody, Julia, you got some rules. Sean, I just saw Sean's head going up. Y'all got some boundaries, right? And, 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 and Ethan, like who enforces those boundaries? Is it you? Yeah, oh, you're pushed over to mom, right? And, 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 and if mom, you don't listen to mom, then it's like, oh, well, let's talk to dad, all right? And dad, and dad takes care of it. But you've got to have order. If you don't have order, you have chaos, you have anarchy in all of this. So God the Father said, no, dude, I, hey, what does God know, y'all? Everything. It, how many of y'all, does anybody here know everything? Anybody here think they know everything? Point to somebody who thinks they know everything. No, don't do that right now, but... They don't. Only God knows everything. So does God know how to make a successful planet? Yeah, does he know how to make it operate with a water system and man self-watering and, and during hurricane season make hurricanes to cool it off and man and all who knows how better to, to make an earth than God and a solar system and everything? God, who knows how to better to make a person than God? He knows everything. So man, why do we balk at his rules? Why, if he's perfect, why do we balk at those? Why do we violate them? We, and again, those are going to be answered today. But as we mess up, we mess up this planet. I like how we've been talking about in the book of Revelation on Monday nights. Uh, Chuck, where's Chuck? Chuck, and, uh, and we're in there, and Chuck, Chuck keeps saying, you know, hey, what stuck out to you? He's like, man, God made a perfect planet. Later, he, he, made, he made it here. We've already messed all that up. God gave us control, and who did man? He said, you guys are in charge of everything to Adam, right? And Rick, who did immediately Adam give charge to now? Satan. No, it's not God. <laughs> no, he immediately, immediately got, I, I did, I was, I was fooling you because I thought you were really on the ball, bro. It's Satan. No, he, he, he gave charge. Uh, God told Adam and Eve, you guys are in charge of it all. Run it, man. I've given you the rules. All you got to do is listen to me. And then the serpent came in and said, no, man. Hey, what did he say? He said, did God really say? And if you do this, you, you, you'll be like who? And from that point on, man has tried to be like God. And that's what we're going to see in the book of Romans where we look today of how since that time, 
when they ate off of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, man has been making bad decisions and why man makes bad decisions. We're going to see it. And in a nutshell, the spoiler alert for those of you that are going to go to sleep in a few minutes, it's because man wants to be God. Man doesn't want to be accountable. God reveals himself to everyone. Everyone, he says, is without excuse. They know there's a God. But if you pursue that, God will reveal himself to you even to the point of salvation. We will see that. So how many of you ever had the question? Inside, you can say it because even if you're, it's kind of like, dude, I don't want to raise my hand on this. You know, I want to tell you, I could look around and I could point people out who have asked me this question already. All right. I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but. In this, how many of y'all have ever thought, man, it's kind of unfair that some people go to heaven and some people go to hell. Man, it's kind of unfair. It's kind of like, God, it, man, it doesn't, and that's why man tries to make a system where everybody goes to heaven. Well, God made one too, but you have to play by his rules. God made a perfect planet. He made a perfect system in man by following his own logic, his own intelligence, his own circumstances, his own everything instead of God's has messed things up. How many of y'all say the, this planet's messed up? Yeah, the world knows it's messed up. They call it global warming, call it reset, whatever it does. The world knows it's messed up. God knows it's messed up, and God is going to destroy it at one point. But God's got some more things to do in all of this. So today, if you have questions, man, why? That's kind of unfair. Why do some people not go to heaven? Why? Man, that's not fair for, how many of you ever thought, those poor people in the middle of Africa, in the bush, who never hear the gospel, and they're going to go to hell if they don't accept the gospel? How many of you ever had that thought? How many of you ever had somebody ask you about that, and you didn't have a question, you didn't have an answer? You're just like, uh, we're going to hear what all this is. And in reality, what you're going to find out, there is nobody like that. God is going to reveal himself to everyone, and it's up to man who he reveals himself to pursue him. And if you pursue him, wanting to know him, he will continue to reveal himself. It's like faith with us. If you don't use it, you what? Karen, back there, if you don't use it, what? You lose it. What are you doing back there, man? You used, you used to sit up here. I got nobody on the front row, man. This is the splash zone up here, man. Bring Tiny up with you. But anyways, it's like if you don't use it, you lose it. But if you use your faith, what can we say is true about that? Rhonda, what happens if you use your faith? Do you lose it or get more? You get more. I'm throwing you off with some questions because everybody's like, God. <laughs> I'll start making some God answer questions on this. But yeah, you don't use it, you lose it. So it's the same thing prior to salvation. God makes a revelation to you and you blow it off. Because you don't want to be accountable. You blow it off for some reason. You know what? That, there may not be another revelation. In fact, when he was talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he, said, he was telling them, man, it, it, the Spirit of God is like the wind. You don't know when it's coming, and you don't know when it's leaving, but you know what? When it's there. You know when you have a desire to follow God. And if you have the idea, oh, well, I'll just follow him whenever I feel. You know what? I'm going to wait until this happens. I'm going to wait till graduation. Well, graduation was last week, y'all. Now, I'm going to wait till I get a new job. Or I'm going to wait till after vacation. I'm going to wait till I'm going to wait. No, you don't know. If the desire is there right now, that's when you got to follow. Because you can't follow without that desire that he gives you. And there's no guarantee that desire is going to last. How many of you have ever followed his desire given your life to him, 
and you wish you had not done that. Go ahead, have the guts, right? Anybody? You wish. You're like, heck no, don't do it. Now you're stuck eternally. Oh my, you can't get out of it. It's eternal life. How many of y'all like would say it is the worst decision you ever made in your entire life? And you're not raising your hand because you don't want to get struck by. How many of y'all say it's the greatest decision you ever made? Amen. I'm seeing double hands going up. Yes. Nobody's ever done it and said, oh man, what a mistake, man. That God, he's an ogre, man. No. Satan is the one that wants to beat you down. God has rescued you from that and given you the power to follow him. So today, in a nutshell, God doesn't believe in atheists. And I'm going to tell you, atheists believe in God. They just might have created some additional ones after that. And we're going to see. This is a great little section of scripture, but it starts out giving us the bad news. Go ahead. Beep. <laughs> Give us the bad news first, because I heard one preacher say the badder the bad news, the gooder the good news is. All right. And uh, the, in other words, he's got to give us the bad news. Uh, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all want to go through some chemo right now? Dude, Kevin, let's go, man. Me and you, let's go to the chemo bar. No, and I'm not being facetious because I know some of y'all have been through it and you're like, oh, dude, man, I can't believe you just went there. Terry's always saying that. <laughs> I can't believe it. No, chemo's excruciating, right? You're only going to go get chemo if what? Go ahead, tell me. Cancer. If you have to, nobody's going there unless they understand this is something they got to do to cure the disease they have. Until you realize you have a disease, you do not have any desire to go through the treatment. Amen? And that's why God tells us about his wrath first. There is the wrath of God, contrary to what so much of religion through the centuries, and especially even now, is saying, oh, no, he's a loving God. He's too loving to have wrath. No, God loves righteousness, so he has to hate unrighteousness. And you have a choice of which side you can be on in that. And, and that's just the way it goes. So wrath is the punishment. It gave a definition of wrath. Wrath is the punishment for doing what is wrong. How many of y'all ever did something wrong? Okay. Anybody? Okay. Yeah. You did not raise your hand. Did you ever do anything wrong? Steven, would you like to rat her out right now? Uh, we're just... We're just talking five seconds ago, right? You didn't raise your hand. You just lied. You did something wrong. We are all guilty. All have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is perfection. We know we've blown that perfection. The wages of sin, by having a sin nature, which means that it causes us to sin, is death, eternal separation from God. And that's what we have all earned. We have earned his wrath because we've done something wrong. Like, well, that's not fair. We've all done something. Everybody's done. That's why man comes up with this bogus system of, you know, God's got this bucket, right? You know, kind of like, a, uh, did you ever travel for a team, Stephen? And there's a bunch of people. And as long as you're better than those worst people there, you make the team, right? That's kind of how a lot of people have idea of heaven is that, oh, well, I'm better than them. Well, I'm better than half those church people because you should see them on Friday night at the bar. You know, I'm better than half of those. I'm better than, I'm better. You know, it's not set up. He says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've used this illustration before. Who's a good swimmer here? Let me see your hands. Good swimmers. Okay, uh, going all right? Yeah. All right. Uh, which one are you? 
Caitlin, all right, help me because I just can't use brain power to think about it. Y'all are Taylor twins, man. We got it, all right. And today you just look uncannily alike. So to me. But anyways, um, Caitlin, you're pretty, you're okay swimmer, right? Okay, so we'll get you out there. Who's else a good swimmer? Uh, I see out there. Oh, you're a good swimmer? All right, good. You think you can outswim her? No. Oh, she's only like this. How many of y'all are good swimmers? Anybody? Rick's a good swimmer. Oh, dude, Paul. Uh, yeah, you're a good swimmer? I saw you swim after I dumped you off that tube last year, right? Yeah, you're a good swimmer, right? So we line everybody up, and, and let's just go another route. Let's don't even go all the way to England. Let's just say the goal, Marley, you're a good swimmer, right? Let's just say the goal is to get to the Bahamas, 50 miles away. Come on. 50 miles away. So how many of y'all are voting for Lori? How about Caitlin? Paul? Paul? Anybody vote? How many of y'all think Paul can outswim those guys? Anybody? Paul, nobody's seen you swim. We might have to do that when we baptize you later today. Marley. Mar How many of y'all are voting for Marley? Oh, all right. So Marley, yeah, his mom's even voting for him, all right? You, all that means is you can outswim all of them. But does it mean you're going to make it all the way to the Bahamas, bro? No. Can you make it all the way to the Bahamas? Swimming? Oh, dude, really? You actually think you might? You better pay attention to this because that's what these people are thinking. Yeah, I think I can be good enough. I think I can, yeah, yeah give it a shot, you know? Yeah, I'm, dude, you're going to drown. I'm not talking with a surfboard. I'm talking, if you had a surfboard, you'd probably paddle it in the Bahamas. Swimming freestyle, dude. No, man, I don't, I don't think so, man. There's too many critters out there, and you just look like a little tasty morsel. But I'm just saying. But the point is, if, if perfection is getting to the Bahamas, who's making it? Nobody. So it doesn't matter if you're better than anybody else. It doesn't matter if you're the most righteous person. If you're Mother Teresa, it doesn't matter. Mother Teresa needed Jesus. Mother Teresa needed Jesus. You need Jesus. Gary, you need Jesus. Amen. Yeah, the wrath of God. Anybody who's ever sinned or done something wrong deserves God's wrath. What we've even been looking at in the book of Revelation, at the end, we, we have the, the uh, seal judgments, which tell us all, you know, the six seals and in the seventh seal. Now we have the seven trumpet judgments inside those, which include the bowl judgments. And, and now the trumpet judgments are on steroids from the, uh, the seal judgments. At the end of the seventh seal judgment, all of a sudden now there's the bowl judgments. And the bowl or vile judgments, you know what they are? They're bowls. And what are they filled with, y'all? Chuck, what are they filled with? God's wrath. The very end, and they come, bam, 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 bam. Some of them spread out for seven years. But at the end, these wrath judgments, these bowl judgments, they are filled with God's wrath. God has done, hey, Chuck, what is God, man, you should just come up and preach with me today, but I'm just, well, Chuck, what, just because you're my partner in a, in, a, in a Bible study, man, what does God do to try to lead people to him? Everything. Dude, if they didn't listen to mercy, surely they'll listen to consequences, and they've got boils on their body, and the water's full of blood, and God's like, I'm doing this. Pay attention to me, and you can have a perfect home and a perfect place. No way, God. Get out of my world. Quit messing everything up. Dude, there's no excuse. God loves you too much to not take you to heaven, but you've got to play by his rules because he's got a perfect place. How many of you going right now to a perfect place? I hate formal places. 
Terry, you love formal pal. You love getting all dressed up and having to act. I, I, it, it, dude, there's, it gives me a rash to have to do that. Perfect. How many of y'all going to a perfect place, a perfect formal event, will surely mess something up? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to mess it up. How many of y'all would mess up a perfect place right now? Yeah. So God has to change you. And he's not going to throw a change on you that you don't want. He wants you to love him and realize that he loves you. And he will change you to become perfect. If you became perfect, would that be better? Would that be better? Yeah. Definitely. Hey, MJ, if your dad became perfect, would that be better? Hey, hey, Dad, if MJ became perfect, would that be better? Yeah, so y'all agree that would be better. That's what God wants to give us an opportunity. So he's going to change us, and we will be perfect. But those who don't want to be changed... Whose choice is that? It's theirs. They don't want to be changed. Well, I don't want to go to hell. Well, no, nobody wants to go to hell. I want to go to heaven, but I don't really want to be like God. Well, that's not a choice because he's God Almighty. So in this, beep, the wrath is the punishment for doing something that's wrong. For the wrath of God. And so many people are like, oh, that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament, the wrath of God. No, dude, it's all over the new. In fact, that's one of the advantages of the gospel. We have escaped the what, Rick? Yes. Let's try this again. We have escaped the what, Rick? Yes. You didn't fall for it. <laughs> I'm pretty good at beating people as Simon says, but, man, you're a tough cookie. All right, so, yeah, the wrath of God. Man, that's the, one of the benefits of salvation. We've escaped the wrath. How many of y'all are pretty excited that when they're dumping bowls of wrath on the earth and, man, even Antichrist's throne is going to have the lights turned out? How many of y'all are grateful you're not going to get that wrath dumped on you? Yeah. How many of y'all are grateful that your own, you're not going to get the wrath of your own sins dumped on you because it was at the cross? Probably between noon and 3 o'clock when Christ was on the cross. And it was dark that God was dumping on him the wrath of every one of our sins. He was taking the punishment. He was taking the beating. He was taking the wrath for us so we didn't have to. How could you not love somebody like that? Well, the answer is you're going to find out because you love yourself more. Let's look at this. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. I mean, doesn't man just have it in him? I mean, if you're going to go in and, 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 and rob Circle K, uh, or, or no, I'm sorry, Cumbies is across the street, right? Go, go in and rob Cumbies, and, and, and so a whole gang of people run, go in and rob Cumbies. Can you imagine that? Bunch of little surfer rats, right? Go rob Cumbies. What, what do you expect is going to happen to them? They're going to get caught, and how many of y'all like to see them get punished a little bit so they don't do it again? Yeah. Man, again, it's like we, in our world, we expect that unrighteousness is going to be paid for. Somebody ransacks your house. Somebody rear-ends you. Sorry, Kurt. Somebody, like, man, something happened. What do you expect? You're like, man, they deserve justice. I want justice, man. And for other people, when they do stuff, we want justice. But when, it, when we're the ones doing it, what do we want? Oh, I want mercy. <laughs> Have mercy on me. Uh, that's why it's good that God's the one dishing it all out. 
But the world, he, he says here, the, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. When we see unrighteousness in this world, man, inside, most of us, whether you're a believer or not, feel like that's not right. Wait a minute, that's not right in the political system, in the, in the penal system, and all these different things we're seeing, man, that's not right. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Even non-believers feel that way. It's not right. You can start a conversation at work, can't you, Chris, about the unfairness of this world? You know, it's not a hard thing to stir up because we know it's not right. And it's not even with believers, but God's is revealing from heaven his wrath. Man, if you do something wrong, you're going to have something wrong done to you. And all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men so, so in other words, God's wrath, there's two ways. One, he's put it in our hearts that none of us, how sick and warped will a society be when they no longer care about unrighteousness? When they no longer care if people are being ransacked and gangs are running through your neighborhood, ripping off and breaking in and stealing everything. How, how bad would a society be? Or they're, they're running into stores and looting stores and the cops can't arrest. How, man. How far gone would society be if we allowed that? How far gone would society be if, man, we just didn't even care about millions and millions of babies being killed before they ever come out? How whacked would a society be when they lose that sense of unrighteousness? Man, that's what we're talking about. Most people are like, when they actually realize what something is, not the way the media sugarcoats it and paints it and the way people explain it, but when they realize what it is from God's perspective, it's like, dang, that just ain't right. That is not right. And when a society doesn't know right from wrong, we're in trouble. And when a society calls right wrong and wrong right, what does God even say? You're in big trouble, folks. And it's up to us. To know what's right, know what's wrong, because we know God's word, and we show them by our lifestyle in that. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men and women, Lori. There you go, free from that one. All right. And men and, and women. But look at this. Who by unrighteousness suppress the truth. So if you go out and do the wrong thing, do you, do you support the truth? Are you showing people what the truth is? Gavin, I'm going to bring it up because, man, God, I want y'all to read uh, Titus chapter 3. What a uh, I'm not going to preach a whole other message, but Titus chapter 3, right in the middle, man, he, said, he starts beginning and says, man, submit to authority and don't get in arguments about, you know, laws and about this and about that and all these other things. He said, man, you, you keep your testimony in that. God gave that to me today as I was driving 25 miles an hour down the drive. It's amazing. What you can do when you're driving 25 miles an hour, you don't have to pay attention to the road, that's for sure. Dude, I'm going to get so much multitasking done. But hey, I'm no worse than the parrot dude that was taking video of somebody passing him on that. But in that, what God showed me is like, look, dude, who's the one who made it 25 miles an hour? And I'm like, well, no, he said I did. I'm like, cool. You know, happened today. Linda said she saw cops pulling people over. I, I just asked God as I pulled out of my driveway, I said, dear Lord Jesus, protect me. And I, here's my exact prayer. I said, I don't even know what that means. I told him that. I don't even know what it means. Protect me. 
I didn't see one cop, and I, I didn't speed. I, well, I was doing 29 according to those little things right there, which I, I understand there's a statute that you can do five miles an hour over the speed limit and still be legal. Y'all see me for more information on that. But I looked up. But in Titus, it said, man, obey authority. Because who puts people in authority? God. And who's in charge? And if God wants me going 25 miles an hour, who wants me going 25 miles an hour? God, and dude, I don't even have to pay attention, man. That's like, that's like on the roller coaster. We ever been on a roller coaster and they're like, click, 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 click. You're just kind of getting to the point with the roller coaster. Dude, now the roller coaster's a bridge where you can do 70. I'm just, you know, I'm joking. I'm joking. But again, what we're talking about here is I'm so, if I really believe God's in charge, and I really believe God's the one who set the speed limit, and God's the one who put cops there to enforce it, and God tells me that's what I'm supposed to do, if I obey what I'm supposed to do, then I'm showing people I believe that God's in charge, aren't I? But if I violate it, then what am I telling them about God? Dude, God is almighty. Oh, God is awesome. I worship God, except on the drive doing 25. Or whatever your drive on 25 is. Go read Titus chapter 3, man. It'll save your tail during this political cycle where the artificial intelligence, oh, get me a tinfoil hat. <laughs> I'm saying where, where you're being played, you're going to be played no matter what party you are, no matter what candidate. Bottom line is, man, he tells us what to get actively involved with and how far to get actively involved and what our purpose for getting involved is. And it's not because some political system is going to save us. It's to show people who the righteousness of God is in all of this. And I'm not saying don't vote. That's a whole other thing on there. But what I'm saying is, dude, do you not think in all the years they've been advertising, they're not smart enough to suck you down the drain by throwing a little red ball? You're like a little dog. Oh, look at this. You know? How many of y'all ever been sucked by a little red ball down a path? Yeah, it's not hard. I know you guys. That's why you're here. I, I know me. That's why we've got to stay focused on the word of God so we don't get distracted down the wrong path and waste our energy and blow our testimony. Amen. Whether it's driving or this election cycle, God help us, man, <laughs> in that. Be careful of what you're feeding yourself with. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness, whenever we do the wrong thing, or men now, when people continue to do the wrong thing in society, and it becomes the norm, we suppress the truth. Is there any question as to why we have a problem with the truth in our society right now? Is there any doubt that we have for generations been suppressing the truth, only applying the truths that we like, the ones that are convenient, and, you know, I even hear what I did this morning, Gavin, and God convicted me. I put Waze on. I put Waze on because surely Waze is going to show me where the cops are. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you guys. And I'm saying I had revival because God showed me Titus chapter 3 and said, just drive 25 or 29 because it's legal according to a statute. All right. But just do it. And it was really, dude, how many of y'all like my new hairdo? This is my 25 on the drive hairdo. My other one when I'm doing 40 is like, it's like a comb over. <laughs> but again, 
man, it's like when I do, who are we to say God is right and then we're doing wrong when we pick and choose? To the world, what do they call that? Hypocrites, right? I don't want to go to church and be with all them hypocrites. Well, you have fun going to the bars and wherever with all those hypocrites and going to all the stores with the hypocrites, but yeah, we're, we're, we are hypocrites. That's why we're coming here. So we can hear the truth, and the truth can set us free. The Holy Spirit of God will convict our hearts and say, man, this is how you got to act now. This is what you need to do. Because the wrath of God is revealed. There's going to be wrath. What's the wrath if all of a sudden I'm playing the game and Waze did not show me where the cop is? Linda, what's the wrath? If I drive by and I'm going by Walton Scrub where I know the only place they can pull me over and hide. I've already researched all this, guys. And where, what's the wrath? Well, Linda's thinking, well, the wrath of me because we can't afford you paying a ticket right now. <laughs> but the wrath is I'm getting pulled over. Wrath is my insurance suffers. The wrath over there's points. There's Wrath is my wife's not going to be happy. And that's the biggest wrath right there. I'm just saying. You know, there's wrath. There's consequences when you do the wrong thing. And the biggest one we don't look at is we tell people that the wrong thing is right. We suppress the truth. The very truth we're trying to share with people so they can have eternal life with Christ, we're blowing by suppressing the truth because we pick and choose what truth we want to obey. Anybody guilty besides me? Nobody? <laughs> yeah. Click. <laughs> so listen, God's wrath is poured out every day. It's there. But And, and now how many of y'all ever had the question, like, man, so... I see people do the wrong thing all the time, and they're always getting blessed. They're always getting success. You, man, they're doing the wrong thing, and they're succeeding. Anybody see that? There's no wrath going on there. There's me, poor little pee on me. I'm getting the pay cut. I'm getting the shafted hours. I'm getting the, the system. Man, you know, nepotism. I'm getting whatever. I'm getting the shaft on it all. Uh, how many of y'all seen that? So how does that reconcile with this? You know what the Word of God says? It says God might be saving up their wrath. He's saving up their wrath. And instead of getting a little wrath dumped on them with every situation, which we don't even have, at some point he's got a giant bowl of wrath that they all deserve, and it's all going to be dumped on them. How many of y'all want a big giant bowl of God's wrath dumped on you at one time? But yet every single one of us has earned that. Every single one of us had a giant bowl of wrath and get, got dumped on Christ because we gave our lives to Christ. But if someone doesn't want to play by God's rules, man, that wrath may be being saved up. How many of y'all, man, now you know somebody that you can't stand because they're so evil and they're always getting away with it and you're mad and you're angry at them. Man, view the fact that there's a giant bowl of God's wrath that's getting ready to be poured on their head. How I many of y'all are excited about that? If you raise your hand and you are, you need to get right with Jesus. Well, I'm serious, dude, because listen, if you understood what God's wrath was, you would not want that poured out on anyone's head. If you do, that's, you need to get right with Christ. I'm serious about that. Because, man, when you understand what's going to happen when that goes down on them, Man, it should cause you to love them and beg Christ for their soul. God, save them so they can give their life to Christ and the wrath that's getting ready to be dumped on their head instead will be dumped on Christ at the cross. 
If you don't feel that way, that's probably how you should start praying. God, give me the desire to feel that way. Because then you'll have the desire to love somebody that way. But understand, their bowl of wrath's getting... Are, are, how many of y'all are grateful Christ took your bowl of wrath? And you don't have one anymore. He took your past, present, and future sins and all the wrath you deserve from that and took them at the cross. And when is it too late for somebody to get saved, Gary? When they're dead. I'm looking at some of y'all. Y'all are close. <laughs> I just got my passport picture the other day. Oh, I didn't know who's this old dude. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. This is now I know why they want you to get one every 15 years or so. But I like my other one better. <laughs> I'm like, man, remember I tell you guys you don't take any bad pictures? You, bad picture is when you weren't posing, but that's how I, I think of your worst picture. That's how I see you guys every week. You're, and that's how you see me, you know, in that. So, man, look at this. God is justified in his wrath towards sinners because he reveals himself to sinners. It would be one thing if God's like, somebody never had a revelation of God, and he said, oh, you're going to hell because you never chose me. That's the way people view it sometimes, and that's not what Scripture is. That's what you're going to see in the book of Romans right here. That's not what God does. That's not a just God. That's not a loving God, not a fair God. God is justified in his wrath because he has revealed himself, and people chose not to pursue that revelation. Instead, they reject the revelation because they don't want to be accountable to a holy, righteous God. They don't want to do it his way. They want to do it somebody else's way, probably their way. So he's justified in his wrath towards sinners because he reveals himself to sinners. Click or beep. <laughs> we'll go beep, click. All right. For what can be known, look at, look at verse 19. Look at this carefully. This is not me. This is God writing through the Apostle Paul. Listen to this. For what can be known about God is what? Yeah, dude. <laughs> what can be known about God is plain to them. It was, it was plain to us when we were them. <coughs> if, you, you, if you're saved, it was plain to us when he first revealed himself to us. It was like, dude, you saw him. I, I'm not writing this, and I could give you a million ways that he can make himself plain to you. Circumstances, situations, things you see, things you experience, things you learn. Like, oh, my goodness. I mean, what? oh, my G, OMG. What, is that? what does that stand for, Emily? OMG. Y'all had, had to help me out of that when I was all new. Now I know. What does OMG stand for? Yeah, well, and that's a slang term that's actually taken the, probably the Lord's name in vain. But why do they use it? Why don't they say, oh, my OMS, oh, my Satan, <laughs> oh, oh, my, oh, my Lanta? <laughs> Y'all remember that one? Well, that's just a slang off of they didn't want to say, oh, my Lord. All right? Oh, my gosh. That's oh, my God. Oh, my God. How many of y'all ever saw something you're like, oh, my God, you know? And, and again, maybe you didn't use it in the right way, but why do people even use it? Because, because, dude, there's no other explanation but God. How many of you ever experienced something where you're just like, oh, my God? Anybody experience that? Sunrises, sunsets. The ocean, why do people love the ocean? Dude, how many oh my God moments do you have out in the ocean? <laughs> it's like, oh my God, that's a shark. <laughs> it's like, you know. <laughs> Terry's under there diving, he's feeding him. Oh my God, there's a shark, come here. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But seriously, oh my God moments. And I'm not being facetious, I'm just saying, hey, that's what he's saying. It can, for what can be known about God is plain to them. There's nobody that can say, oh, well, I just wasn't smart enough to figure out God. He was too complicated. I just didn't want to dig around and have to figure. No. His, initial, his, his revelation to you is plain. It's plain. What does plain mean? Yeah, how many of y'all would, would even classify your intelligence as not being able to notice something plain? That's what it's going to be like when you stand before God without Christ is like, yeah, gee, I was pretty stupid. I didn't get that. That is plain. But instead, you're going to find out the people rejecting, they don't have that as an excuse. What it is, it's an excuse that, oh, well, I had something way better than you, blah, blah, blah. And we'll look at that. But here's what I want you to see. What can be known about God to them is plain. It's plain. It's right in front of your face. It's plain. Because, what's the next part say? Help me out. Because... You want Kevin to show it to you? Dude, Kristen, Kevin's like, hey, I think we're out of mustard <laughs> in the fridge. And she's like, no, it's on that shelf. How many of y'all know guys can't see stuff right in front of their nose? Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you got Kevin trying to show you where the mustard is and he can't even find it, and Kristen's got four kids she's juggling, right? Oh, the mustard, hold on. There's mustard, Kevin. Ah, you know? plain. Man, look at this. How many of y'all would rather have God show you where the mustard is in the fridge? Yeah, because God will say he's merciful. He's gentle. He's like, wow. Oh, you got some of that? I can so remember. I grew up Catholic. I grew up with religion, but I didn't have a relationship with Christ. Uh, found out later after I got ordained in the Protestant ministry that my mom, because there was 11 years between my older sister and I, 14 years between my brother, who was always in and out of jail in Orlando, and my mom said, God, if you give me another son, I'm going to make him a priest. My mom kept trying to make me a priest. Won't you be a priest? Won't you be a priest? I mean, no, I like girls, mom. And it was, and plus, I wasn't ready at that point, but I found out later that's what she wanted for me. And, and, and I had religion. I had all of the info there, but I didn't have a relationship with God. You know why? Because I didn't want one. And I started getting into some trouble, and I was sailing from St. Augustine down to the Cape. My friend and I, 27-foot Columbia, there were three of us, and two of us would sail at any point in time. Go down to the Cape. We'd always hit storms on the Cape. Then we would go over to the Jensen, the old wooden bridge. I didn't even know one. Man, I can remember hanging out in a hammock, high as a kite, because that's all the hope I had. That's the only time I felt good and had peace in my head was when I was full of weed at that point. And I'm looking up at that cross, and I'm like, I'm looking at a city on a hill up there. And I'm like, man, God, if you could ever just let me have a purpose to live in a place like that, that would be awesome. And it wasn't until I was already here a long time that I looked up at the city and I was like, oh, I'm there. But man, I'm looking and, and I was searching. You know what I did even? that The last trip I made to the Bahamas and back in that little 27-foot sloop that was in so bad a shape with no motor, no electric, man, uh, barely water. Rum was cheaper in the Bahamas, but that wasn't no good for you. And I'm just saying that last trip, I wanted to see God. And I went as far as I stole a Gideon's Bible. Anybody ever steal a Gideon's Bible? 
you've never been reduced that low. I'm like, I'm stealing this Bible because I need to know who God is. If you're a Gideon or you know Gideons, tell them to put a sign on their Bibles. These are free. Please take them. It's not stealing. Because I had to get over the whole aspect of stealing it. And I laid up in the mainsail so many nights, so many days when I wasn't sailing and my buddy was, and I'm trying to read this Bible, but I'm really trying to cut a deal with God. That's what I was trying to do. I wasn't still ready to surrender myself. I was like, I'm trying to cut a deal with him. And he went into deals. And I remember one time over in the Bahamas, if we ate, it was because we shot fish or we collected lobster. That was the only, or if there was nothing like that, we would go see the bread man. Anybody in the Bahamas back then made bread and you could eat bread and drink water or rum, whichever, if you had money to buy. But I'm just saying, you know, I remember one time I'm cruising over a little reef and my belly wasn't as big as it was. In fact, there was no belly because we were probably really hungry at that time. And I remember cruising over a little reef and I had to scoot up over this reef and I was talking to God while I was snorkeling with my spear gun. And I'm like, God, if you're for real, just show yourself to me. And I remember scooting over and looking at a little tidal pool with millions of fish of colors that my art artist mom said don't even go together. It was so beautiful. And God said, how about that? And I said, oh, awesome. You're a beautiful, wonderful God. But I was trying to cut a deal with him. Okay, so here's what I do. I do this, you do this, I do this, God. And it wasn't until later, Christmas of 87, that I got my first Bible. And I saw that God didn't want to cut a deal with me. God wanted me. He wanted all of me. And at that point, I was tired of being the boss. I had made a mess out of everything he had blessed me with that I had the ability to do and opportunity to do. And I surrendered everything I knew about him to, or about myself to everything I knew about him. It's done. I don't care what the consequence. I don't care how it affects my life socially. I don't care anything. I'm done being the boss. I want you to be my boss. That's the day I got saved. On that day. And then I started following. And you know what he said? Before I even knew I was saved, he said, good, I want you to be a preacher. I'm like, yeah, right. Who am I going to preach to? People I sold drugs to? Who am I going to? Man, don't you remember at Bishop Moore High School, I used to get up on there and make fun of people like, Brother Ed's Bible Revival Hour. Everybody come on. I'll take your money right now. All of that. I'd make fun of it. I said, don't you remember that? And he said, yeah, that was kind of funny, but I want you to preach my word. I said, I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know what's the, what are you going to do? And he said, man, you know that little, that little fish that hangs out with a shark. Some of y'all heard this before. You probably heard all this, but Holy Spirit wants me to share this right now for somebody somehow, and it's maybe just for me. But man, that, that fish, and how many of y'all know what that fish is called? Remora. And he said, you know those little remoras? He said, I said, God, I don't know. How am I going to follow you? How can I, who, who, oh, what's going to happen? How am I going to eat? How am I going to, how am I going to do all? He said, look, look, man, I want you to be like that remora. That remora's got a special head that can stay stuck to a shark. I'm going to give you a special head to stay stuck to me. It's called faith. And it's going to come from reading my word. And, and I'm going to challenge you to do things different than you have been doing them. But when you do it my way, I'm going to blow you away because nobody thinks it's going to work. And you're going to watch it work. And I'm like, good, I, I give up. I don't want to be the boss no more. I'm paying off a DUI and the keys right now. I'm doing all these different things. I, I'm tired of being my own boss. I'm yours. And I started challenging. I'm like, God, there's no way that's going to work. And guess what? Guess what? It worked in all of that. You know, that remora, does he have to worry about 
protection. Not as long as he's stuck to the shark. Does he have to worry about provisions and food? Not as long as he stays stuck to the shark. And the big thing for God was like, you're spending so much time, effort, and energy to accomplish all these. I had an accounting degree at that point in my life. <laughs> and it's like, you're trying to accomplish all these things. How far are you getting? I'm like, well, I got to the Bahamas on a boat that has no motor, no electric in back. But <laughs> does that count? And he's like, yeah, that's all you want. He's how about how about that, that remora? How far can that remora go? I said, as far as a shark can go. He said, that's what I want to do with you. I want to do that with you, but it's going to take you. No ifs, ands, or buts saying, I'm following you. Whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going, that's what you're going to do. Because there ain't no halfway mark. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. You know, you got to be all in. And that's what he's looking for. So, man, what can be known about God's plane to him? That day, I, jumped, I went down there and I saw that pool of fish. In fact, up in my, up in my attic, I've actually got a picture because I used to be an artist and I did pictures. I have a picture that I painted from that. It's tropical psychedelics because you have to understand where my mind was at the time. But <laughs> that's what I painted. But it was, I, I tried to recreate what I saw at that point to remind me what God did in my life. Man, because he saved me. I mean, I saw it and I'm like, when I painted, I wasn't saved. I'm like looking and the more I look at it, now I look at it up in my attic remembering what he did for me. But man, what can be known about God is plain. But it's not plain if you, got, you keep doing this. I don't want to see it. God's speaking. You're like, la, 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 la. No, it's not plain. It's plain if you want to hear from him. If you want to know who he is, you want to see him, you want to experience him, it's plain. Because God's showing it to you. What a deal when God, who's a better teacher than God? Is there anybody that can communicate better than God? Certainly not me. <laughs> he can communicate, but you got to want to hear it. Click. <laughs> Look at verse 20. Look at this. His invisible attributes, his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power. Hey, how much power does God have, y'all? All power. You know, he's got all power. Jim, how much power has God got? All power, Chuck. He, if he's almighty, how much might does he have? And if he's got all the might, how much do you have? None of it. Compared to other people you do, but compared to him. But he's got those invisible attributes, namely his eternal power. Do you want to live under the authority of some impotent person like yourself? <laughs> well, I'm not impotent. Yeah, you are, compared to almighty God who's got all power. Man, namely his eternal power and divine nature. The divine nature is what, what he's doing. How many of y'all have ever watched circumstances, Fernando, ever watched circumstances work out in such a way that only God can get blamed? You're just like, yeah, that's what we do at the beginning of the service. That's what we do in our, you're, man, God did this, God did this, God, yes. But sometimes, Terry, we're peeking around the corner saying, remember that thing I gave, put in your hands, God? <laughs> I'm still waiting. <laughs> but you keep waiting on him. You're going to be able to say, wow, look at this divine nature, how he orchestrated every bit of this. Look what it says. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been what? Clearly. Not like, well, I was a little confused about that. No, you were confused because you let your own thinking get in the way. He has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. 
So everybody of all times, oh, well, that was before my day. No, it's still going on. In the things that have been made, okay, so it, it just looking at the creation of the world, <laughs> how did God put the world into existence? What do you do, y'all? He spoke. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll tell you what, man. Stephen, speak and make this glass of water come alive. Can you do it? Just the water. That's it. Just make it alive. And I'm not talking about all the germs I just put in it, but they're already alive. Can you? Oh, anybody else? He's not very good at this. <laughs> Can anybody do that? No, he speaks and it comes alive. That's how you were conceived. That's how you came alive. Because it was his will for you to be alive. And so, man, look at this. In things that have been made. So you look at this. The, how much is science continually trying to explain away what God is doing? You know, even if, and there isn't, a big bang theory. First of all, you got to have a lot of faith to believe that, bro. You know, you got to have a lot of faith to believe that. Actually, you got to have a lot of pride to believe that is what you got to have. You know, but even if there was a big bang and everything, who made all the ingredients to go bang? <laughs> yeah, who, who, who made the bang? <laughs> you know, what happened in all of this? Every time science, and again, I'm not dissing science except when they're dissing God. Because most things in science prove that God is pretty phenomenal, amen? When we look at it honestly. You, you know, God made the ingredients. You can't explain away the stuff. The planets, the atoms. Dude, Julia, what is going on in, in your gut right now? I'm talking your gut, your organ, way down in there. What's going on? You're like, uh, I'm hearing your stomach right now. I'm just messing with you. But what's going on? Do you even know what's going on in your guts right now? Sean, do you know what's going on in her guts right now? How about her lungs? Do you know what's going on in her lungs? Oh, come on. Her, Ethan, do you know what's going on in your mom's veins right now? Is there anything important going on in your veins? How about your heart? That little one pound or whatever, how many pound organ or whatever? How many of y'all thinking about that? Oh, my goodness. Make it pound. 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 Staying alive. Staying alive. You know? You don't have to. God's doing all of that. Think about a cell. How many of y'all remember when you first learned about cells in school? You're like, dang, them are complicated things, right? <laughs> you know? Who's controlling them? Who's making all that? It's him, God Almighty. You look at anything. You cut the Bible anywhere it bleeds. You look anywhere in the universe, you can see what God is doing. And look what he says, the last five words of this line. Say it all with me. So they are... Who says that? Who says you have no excuse? God Almighty through the Apostle Paul. Nobody's going to stand before God and say, oh, I just didn't get it. God, you know, nobody's going to Jethro Bodine God. And like, Woo you know, it's like, there's no excuse. Everybody's got the knowledge they need. Now, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to blow it off? Are you going to pursue it? Man, that's what it takes. Those of you who are born again, you pursued it. Because God pursued you, Barb, I'll never forget. Man, the words you use, God's pursuing me. That's why I said, does your husband know? <laughs> like, but God's pursuing you. And you pursued him back. He pursued you more. And he's still pursuing you. 
And that's what he's done with all of us in this. So in the things that have been made, because of everything that's going on in this universe, you are without excuse to say you don't know there's a God. JJ, click. Sinners who do not want to be accountable to God reject God's revelation only to create their own worthless gods. Watch this. Click. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're trying to take notes there, bro. I see that. <laughs> For although they knew, okay, so if you knew that man at one point, you know, okay, they knew. So it's possible to forget. It's possible to get distracted. It's possible to actually convince yourself that what you knew was wrong and now you know something new. And if that makes any sense, but although they, although they knew they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Listen to this. Although they knew at some point God made himself real. They did not honor him. What does it mean to honor somebody today? Who are we honoring this weekend? Y'all who? No, we're not honoring veterans. That's Veterans Day. We're, we're honoring those who, Memorial Day, those who gave their, like Terry's a veteran. We're not honoring you today, bro. We can. Thank you for your service, man. I appreciate that. All right. But it, this ain't your day, bro. No, because you're still here. <laughs> we're, we're, we're honoring those who basically gave their life. And so how do we do that? Well, we have picnics, barbecue, but, um, but, what, but realistically, we've set aside time to say, dude, freedom wasn't free. I'm grateful for what our military did, people in the military, they gave their life for us so we could have the freedoms we have, even if we take that freedom and are a bunch of yahoos sometimes with that. But that's what honor is. A few weeks ago, we honored what? What, what was it? Mother's Day. How'd you honor Mother's Day? Well, Kevin, did you do anything? Were you even home, man? No, I'm just, what? Did you honor Mother? What'd you do, bro? What did Kevin do? Did you have to go do it and you put it in the crate? No, I'm giving Kevin. Kevin's a great guy. I'm messing with Kevin, man. But Mother's Day, you go get flowers. You, you make dinner. You try to be nice and not fight, right, Ethan? Isn't that a, one day where you and your brothers don't fight. But anyways, when you honor somebody, you're, you're making them priority. And it says they, God, reve God Almighty revealed himself, but they did not honor him as God. Might have honored him as a good idea, as something else, but did not honor him as God, like supreme almighty God. When, when, when God is the, what is God the expert at? Sue, what's God the expert at? It, it helps Sue out. What's God the expert at, y'all? Everything. So what are you the expert at if he's the expert? You're an expert at nothing, right? The only expertise you have is when you get God's expertise in speaking into your life at that point. And, and so if he's the expert at everything, man, you know what the fear of God is? It's realizing you're a fool if you do it any different way than the way God said to do it. I don't care what circumstances you have. I don't care what you think is going to happen. I don't care. If God's the expert at everything, you do it his way. And anywhere you don't, you are a fool. Although they knew God, they didn't honor him as God, saying, God, whoa, God, you really want me to do it that way? Oh, I'll do it. I'm sorry for doing it my way. I'm rushing to do it your way. That's honoring God. They, because they didn't. And why wouldn't they do that? Why would someone not do that, Tara? God says, do it this way. And they're like, okay. And they, whoa, wait a minute. I'm going to do it this way. Why would they do it that way and not God's way? Yeah, pride. Because it's not the way I want to do it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hang out and not do it anyway. And I'm going I'm to hang out in this little cul-de-sac right now. And I'm going to try to figure out a way to do what I want to do and what God wants me to do. 
Any of y'all ever been there? How many of y'all ever came out of the cul-de-sac and said, I'm doing it God's way? That's the right way. So they didn't honor him as God. And look at this. Man, for this dude right here, man, have you ever given God thanks for him? All the time when he wakes you up in the middle of the night, when he's got another poopy diaper and he's hungry. Does he have the same appetite as Kevin? Oh, Kevin or, or Maximus. Yeah, no, dude. It, it, yeah, because we're, we're food buddies, right? Yeah, but you thank God for him. What a miracle. What an awesome blessing. And, and everything about what you even shared about his birth and Maximus and the whole name. And if you don't know about that, ask him after church. Just grab him and tackle him. And well, it's a great story. But you give thanks to God. But people who don't want to acknowledge it as God, who, who takes credit for it? They do. Oh, look what I did. Oh, I got a promotion. I am so smart, they made me the boss. No, you're the only one who got suckered into taking that job. But <laughs> you'll find that out later. But, but, but literally, y'all ever, ever take credit? Woo, look what I did. Look what, and, and that's what happens when people don't want to give God credit. Man, I would rather be a part of something supernatural that's unexplainable and give God credit than part of something everybody else can and can and has done and get a little bit of credit for myself. That's what I did for 26 years. Oh, man, I thought I was a baseball player. I thought I was a surfer. I thought I was a skateboarder. I thought I was this. I thought I was that. And sure enough, Chuck, what do you find? Do you ever find out, I am the best? Right about time you think you're the best, what happens? Yeah, somebody, yeah, you find out somebody's way better than you. And if that's where your satisfaction, that's where your pride, you, you're striving to compete in this world where you're never going to be the best. And at some point, when I got saved, it was like God saying, dude, are you ready to start experiencing supernatural things and giving me? You ready to go along for the ride and give me the credit? And I'm like, amen. And that's what I did in 1988, man. And I wouldn't change a bit of it. I'm not saying I don't have my moments. And I have a lot of moments, but I always want him to go back to those moments where he gets the credit. God, do something so supernatural in my life that only you can get blamed. What a great prayer. So man, although they knew God, they didn't honor him as God or give him thanks to him. But instead, they became futile in their own thinking. Futility, what does futile mean? JT, what does futile mean? Any thoughts, man? What's futile mean? All right, he's too slow. What does futile mean? No, I'm messing with you. Go ahead, JT. No, he's a processor, man. I can do it. What's futile mean? Uh, yeah, unachievable. Uh, how many of y'all think dusting your house is futile? <laughs> yeah, you dust it, and, when it and, and all of a sudden you look there, and what's now? What, what do we have left? Hey, I've never met you guys. What's your name, man? Have I met you? Have I met you before? No. Good to meet you, man. What, Thomas? Yes. All right. Luca. Luca. All right, Shima. And Luca. all right. Well, we always say if we don't scare you off, welcome to the family. But so, Shima, uh, as soon as you dust, what, what shows back up again? And then you dust, and what shows back up again? And then you dust, and what shows back up again? So futile is where you're trying to accomplish something. Sorry, I just spilled this coffee, but we'll get that later. But at least I didn't break a jar this time. But um, So futile is where you're trying to accomplish something, and it's worthless. 
You're not accomplishing what you tried to accomplish, and you have to just keep trying. So here's what he said, by not giving God glory, not giving him thanks, not recognizing him as expert, you become futile in your thinking. You're trying to find new ways to succeed when God's already got them. He's already figured them out. And, and, and their foolish heart, foolish is somebody who sees life different than what God does. Foolish in, in the book of Proverbs is someone who does not see life from God's perspective. Wisdom is seeing it from his perspective. But when you keep trying to figure this way out, you get darkened because you're now, you're, you're now on track to continually try to find another way other than God's. Other than God's. And we as believers do that in certain areas of our life sometimes. And it's futile. I, I, I read this and I posted it last night or whatever, but it was so cool. I can't even remember the guy that said it, but he was talking about how science, and again, I'm not making fun of science. Praise God for science, yes. But man, science is climbing the, the mountain of misinformation often. <laughs> climbing the mountain of unrighteousness. Oh man, I got to. JJ, can you pull up Facebook for me? Find that, find that post, because I'm already messing it up. Find that if you could, and then because I won't need you to. Uh, go ahead and change the screen first, then you can find it. All right, beep, click. All right, so he's going to, it's so cool, man, uh, this, this quote. It's about climbing this mountain and then find out theologians were already there. But anyways, good. All right, so claiming to be wise, they become fools. So when man's trying to come and find his own way, find a new way other than God's, they're thinking, we're wise, look what we figured out, look what we did. And he says, you're just becoming fools because you're getting farther and farther away from me. So you can see how the world gets farther and farther away from God. Did you find it, Ashley? Okay, Ashley, stand up and read this real quick. Just because I can't see it right now. Okay, here we go, I'll read it. All right. For the scientist, now, and this isn't all scientists, all right? For the scientist who has lived by his faith in the power of reason, the story ends like a bad dream. He has scaled the mountains of ignorance. He is about to conquer the highest peak. And as he pulls himself over to the final rock, he is greeted by a band of theologians who have been there for centuries. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I thought that was pretty cool. In other words, what I'm saying is every time science they discover something that's real, they are met by a bunch of theologians that said, God did that. <laughs> God's already, man, where did it start? Where's it get? Yeah, God sustains it. God made it all. He sustains it. So the longer we claim to be wise apart from God, the more we become fools. And that's where society gets in that. JJ, go ahead. And exchange. Look, what, look what's happened. This is what happens. They have exchanged the glory of immortal God. Immortal God. How long does immortal God last for? Forever. Immortal God, and, and, and so his glory, which we, is so glorious, we can't even fully experience all of his glory. And, and what little bits we can, we're blown away by. But they've exchanged it because they don't want to be accountable. And that's us in certain areas of our life. Uh, man, I'm going to tell you, if you're a believer and there's an area of your life that God wants you to change, something he wants done, you're not going to get any further in your walk with him, any further than the last conviction. If there's something here, God says, change, do different. You know what you're going to do? You're going to try to find all these other good, righteous, whatever things to do and everything, and you're going to end up right back here again at the last conviction you weren't willing to change. It's a dead end. 
you got to change those, and that's what we do. Sometimes we exchange the glory of God for, for, for what they're talking about here because, because it's not what I want. It's not what I think I want. So look what he says. And exchange the glory of the immortal God for images. So you got a real God, and you exchange it for images, right? How many of y'all want the image or you want the real thing? Yeah. Emily! Do you want an image of an engagement ring? What? Who? Ashley, uh, did I say something? Fernanda, would you have wanted uh, an image of an engagement ring or would you want the real thing? The real thing. Oh, here's a picture of an engagement ring. Right. No. I want the real thing, dude. Did I bring up a sore subject or something? I'm... All right. I remember, I, I don't have the gift of prophecy, but I do know things. All right, anyways. So look at this. They've exchanged the glory of a real God who's revealed himself and revealed his sunsets, his, revealed himself in science, revealed himself in everything. And instead of taking that reality they say, I don't really want to do it that way, so I'm going to just have an image of something and make that into a God. And look at what they make into God, y'all. And make sure you're not guilty of this. Look at the first thing. image. Uh, uh, they're going to exchange God for an image resembling mortal man. Instead of immortal God, mortal man. Got a shelf life. And who's usually the mortal man that becomes the God? Everybody take your finger and say, me. <laughs> that, sometimes we start out with that. But if that doesn't work, then we look for heroes. We look for saviors. We look for somebody to rescue us. And y'all be so careful in this political system that you're not looking for a man to rescue you. He's not going to do it. You go read the book of Revelation. I know how it's going to end, y'all. I'm not saying we don't do what we're supposed to do. But man's not going to rescue you. Exchange the glory of immortal God for images resembling mortal man. <laughs> My hero's LeBron James. Oh, please don't kill me for that. <laughs> well, dude, I'm all out of heroes now because he tanked it. All right, he missed that last shot and they're out. He's probably retiring, so what am I going to do? I got to go find another hero and another hero and another. Man, Miami Heat, woo, go Heat. Dude, they blew it again last night. And I was really hoping they'd win. Hopefully they win the next one. But if they don't, and that's my hero, that's the nature of all of the heroes you take aside from God. So exchange the glory of immortal God for images, not even the real deal, resembling mortal man. And look at this, birds <laughs> and animals and creeping things. And you can go back into all the societies of human history and you can find people worshiping these things. I'll give you a story super quick, man. Um, when I was in Trinidad, I used to spend a lot of time in Trinidad, and um, uh, back in the day, I'd go down to Rochart Road, down in the countryside back there, because I don't like cities. Cities, man, too many rats in the cage that eat each other. That's true in America, I stay out of cities. I'm from the fort, I don't go to the port, so. <laughs> if you want to meet me, don't, I'm not going to Port St. Lucie, y'all come to Fort, man. Too dangerous in Port St. Lucie, bro. But, but anyway, I'm just joking. But in that, I'd go to Trinidad, I was out in the countryside, and I was down at Rochard Road is where I always hung out. 
right across the street from the Rochard Road Worship Center uh, was a haberdashery. Anybody know what a haberdashery is? It's like a little store, right? And they had everything. In fact, Mooney Lau, that's who did it. She and her husband, they were Hindu priests and priestess. And uh, Mooney Lau, she actually taught me how to make roti, like dal pari and paratha and all the good stuff, man. She taught me, not like American pancakes, that's all she used to say. <laughs> it was roti. And so I, I learned from her, but I kept watching. I'd see her every morning. And her and her husband, man, they're old, older than me. And they would go out every morning. And they would go to this little place, and they would start doing things. And, and I'd watch, and I'd watch. I even had binoculars one time. Finally, I actually went and, and asked them, what are you doing? Can I do this with you? And, and when we went down there, they had a little rock. And on the rock were other rocks. And they would bring spices and herbs, and they would bring petals and flowers. And, and I, I asked her one time, her and her husband, I said, what are you doing? She said, we're worshiping our God. I was like, what? Because in Trinidad, you'll see, in any Hindu area, you'll see flags, and there'll be different colored flags, and those are the different gods they worship. Uh, again, in Hindu, there's millions of gods, whatever. You pick the ones, but she said, no, this is our family God. I said, how long has it been in the family? She said, oh, it's been in a long time. When I was a little girl, this was a family God. I was like, oh, family God. And, 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 and so what are you doing? She said, well, I'm offering it petals, and I've got some spices and some different things. And I was thinking, dude, I'd like to be a family God. But, <laughs> but I really I was, and I was, I'm thinking. And, and I said, well, what are you hoping will happen from all of this worship? And if it wasn't serious, it wouldn't be so sad. But she said, I'm hoping that the family God will grow. I said, what? She said, like the rock grow? And, she, and these are smart people, business people, everything. But that was her faith. She had faith that one day offering this to this family God, which was some rocks on a rock, that one day it would grow. She already told me it was a God that there was their family God since she was a little kid. And I said, well, how much has it grown? She said, oh, it hasn't yet, but it will. And at that point, God convicted me and said, man, if I had that much dedication to a God that has grown in my life and that has grown me that she has with a God that's done nothing for her, oh my goodness. And it rocked my world and changed where, man, God, I, I got to give it all to you. I, I need to be more dedicated to you. But she was serious in that. And there's people all over the world. That's what their faith is in, something. And, and America's no different. How many people have their faith in a mortal man? In, in, in mortal men, corporations, companies, whatever. How, you know, birds, animals, you know, save the sea turtles, abort the babies. Save the sea turtles. And I'm not talking about, not that Barb, I know you like save sea turtles. I'm not condemning you on that. But it's like, man, go. go I have an old book. It's a, a, a old uh, recipe book, Savannah cookbook. I like old books, and I was looking at this. And in there, they said, now, if you want to have some fun with some youngins at the beach, in the afternoon, you know, in the evening, you know, you got to entertain them, go find you a sea turtle nest and get some eggs. And those eggs, now this is from the turn of the century, and the, now those eggs are a little tough, and they aren't very good. But it'll keep the youngins going, and you can cook all those eggs up for them. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, what would happen right now if somebody did that, Terry? <laughs> yeah, dude, you're going to prison, brother. 
<laughs> and I'm not saying it's right, it's wrong, but boy, have our values changed. It's okay to kill a baby in utero. And God keeps bringing that up. He just keeps bringing that up this morning for me. But exchange the glory of immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and creeping things. Look what people exchange for immortal God. Immortal God is immensely. So when he throws down wrath, what a man, he, he, you got no excuse. He's immortal God. And we keep exchanging it for immortal things that can't do anything. If our gods can't do anything, why do we make them our gods? The answer to that, if our gods can't do anything, why do we make them our gods? Because then who's in charge? We are. We are. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. So in this, he said, man, there's no excuse. He's going to reveal himself. There's wrath that's going on people without Christ, and that's not what he wants. But can you understand how it's justified? Because he's given everybody every chance in the world to know he is God, and if you just take it and pursue it, he will reveal himself free to you. And you pursue that, he reveals more and more until you're, you're his because you realize how much he loves you. Go ahead and change that, JJ. So at some point, Listen to this, and we're almost done. God abandons them, letting them worship whatever their hearts desire. At some point, you get to the point where you're so worshiping everything else, blowing God off. God says, you know what? You want to worship a rock? Go ahead. Go. You want to worship a turtle? Go ahead. I'm not pointing at you, Bart, but you, you want to worship a surfboard? Go ahead. You want to worship this? Go ahead. You want to worship that? Go ahead. You don't want to worship me? Go ahead. Now, let me ask you a question. They're still alive, so is it too late for them to come to Christ? No, it's not too late for them to come to Christ. But man, listen, to go, go ahead, JJ. Therefore, because man has made all these immortal things their God, God gave them up to the lust of their hearts, to impurity. Man, can you think of scarier words than to have the word of God say, or God say, I'm giving you up. I'm taking my hand off of you. How many of y'all need the hand of God in your life? How many of you need it once a day? <laughs> oh, okay, once a week, Sunday. You need Sunday. How many of y'all need it more than Sunday? How many of y'all need it? How often do you need it? Can you, yet we have it because we've learned to live that way by faith. And how many of y'all would go back to the old way of life where the hand of God wasn't on you? How many of y'all would go exchange that right now? That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about people who've never really had the saving knowledge. They've had enough knowledge to know there's a God, but they don't pursue it. But how many of you have been saved by him would, would, would again give that up and say, I want to live on my own instead of with his hand on me? In fact, when you realize his hand is off of you as a believer, it should be the scariest place in the world to be. But man, those are horrible words. God gave them up to their lust. He, he's not making them do something bad, right? He's just giving them what they want. Gave them up to their lust of their hearts to impurity. Here's what your heart wants to take it. That's what it means to harden your heart when he hardened Pharaoh's heart. He didn't put hardness in his heart. He just let him have what he wanted. Because our hearts come into this world hard, and he has to soften them up to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Go take a walk through society and ask the Holy Spirit of God to show you 
if anyone is dishonoring their bodies among themselves because they're trying to be their own God. JJ, the next one. Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. So if you, serve, if you worship something he created, you get to call your own shots on how that all goes down and you can change and everything. But if you worship the creator, he calls the shots. And we say he's blessed forever. Amen. I want you to see this out of the message and we're done. Go ahead. Here's the, uh, yep, yeah, go ahead. Click one more time, Chris. Listen to how the message put this and we'll, be, and we'll be done. So God said, in effect, if that's what you want, that's what you get. Hey, Chuck, somebody chooses in spite of God trying to get their attention through everything. It's like if somebody doesn't choose them, whose fault is that? God has been over backwards trying to get your attention, man. So he, he's, in, in essence, God says, if that's what you want, that's what you get. It wasn't long before they were living in a pig pen smeared with filth, filthy inside and out. You hear me say a lot, we live in a dumpster. That's what this world has turned into. And everybody knows it, but this is why. So if at any point we want to start living according to the truth and surrendering everything God wants from us to him, man, he can change, he, he can change how, we, how we exist in all of this. But we have a lot better testimony to the people who are without Christ next week um go ahead next one god doesn't believe in atheists and neither should you so you beg god for their souls if someone's heart if somebody is so set on creating their own god and rejecting god almighty what good will it do to talk to them over and over and over again in fact you talk to them when god tells you to talk to them but often there's there's a blister and the blister turns into a callus and if you keep beating them over the head with the Bible, you keep talking, you keep talking, man, they can't receive it until God changes them. Uh, who, who can show the gospel really, really good? Rick, can you show the gospel really good? Okay, Rick can, and who else can show the gospel really good uh, in here? Man, Gary, how about you? Can you oh, Bill, you're a teacher, man. You can show the gospel good. And you teach kids, Sean. So in, in a minute, I want you to share the gospel with this chair. And I want you to share the gospel with the chair, and then, Sean, you share the gospel with the chair. And Julia's like, what? Julia, you can share the gospel with the chair, too, because you think you're better than Sean at it. I, I saw that in your eye. How many of y'all think that any one of those guys could lead this chair to Christ? Jimmy, you think they can lead the chair to Christ? Why? Because it's dead. It's spiritually dead, and it's not until someone becomes spiritually alive that when you share the gospel with them, that they're going to accept that. So at that point, we can talk to her blue in the face to the chair over and over and over again, and nothing's going to happen. But who's the only one who can make someone come alive spiritually? So who do we talk to? God. And I have the fear that sometimes we talk more to the chair than we do to God, and sometimes we don't talk at all. When what we need to do, if you know someone's hurting, you know someone needs the Lord, you know somebody needs what you have, beg God for their soul. And when God determines it's time for them to come alive, do you not think God's a big enough God to put somebody in their life to do it? He did it for you. And you're no harder to save than they are. So beg God for their soul if you know someone who doesn't know the real, true, living God.
He can change their heart the same way he changed yours. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thanks for giving us this word. I pray that each of us have something that we can take from this word and apply to our lives. Father, I pray that you would show us where we are falling into the trap of the world and, and honoring and glorifying and worshiping things other than you. Father, I pray that as you told in the Old Testament, that we would worship you with our whole heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and all our strength. And you'd show us how we could do that. Father, I pray we'd be so conscious, realizing that one day your wrath is going to be poured out. You told us that. We now know why it's going to be poured out, because you've revealed yourself in love to people, and they've rejected it just simply because they don't want you to be in charge. So, Father, right now, for anyone that I know, anyone that we know, Father, I pray we would lift them up to you in such a way that, Father, you would speak to their heart, not force them into some relationship they don't want to be in, but you would show them how much you love them and want them to avoid the eternal wrath of God. Father, show them how you came down and died on a cross to save them from your wrath. Father, I pray you, the Holy Spirit, would make that make sense. And if there's anyone here today that needs that, make that happen, Father, please. But Father, as we walk through this world, help us to pray for people's souls and help us to watch our own and watch each other's so we can be more like you. Father, help us understand a little bit more about how much you love us so we can love others. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name.